Hello, welcome to Free Will, Science, and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and today I'm here with Mitch J and Jamie Soden. And um, we, um, like Mitch and Jamie, were talking a little bit before we started recording about how they came to understand the free will illusion. Um, and so maybe you guys could just sort of just sum that up for our audience a little bit to start out our episode. I became interested in a lot of secular issues because of politics mainly, you know, this issue of separation of church and state. When I was younger, I, I didn't really mind if people were religious or not. I used to be a very liberal kind of Christian. But then I realized that um, directly due to uh, religious reasons, sometimes people would say ridiculous things or immoral things. Eventually, I came across uh, Sam Harris, one of the four horsemen popular atheist, author, neuroscientist. And he has a gift for uh, clarity, for being very logical and uh, making very compelling arguments. And every couple years he writes a book on a new provocative topic. So when he started addressing the issue of free will, I was in a very uh, receptive kind of mindset. I analyzed the logic behind it and I was convinced after giving it a bit of investigation. And uh, since then, I've been finding anecdotal evidence to support the reality of determinism. Yeah. And Jamie, how about you? Well, how I came to accept free will as an, as an illusion was mostly through George Ortega. I went to his, like, um, what's it called? Georgia 057 YouTube channel, I think it's called. Um, and um, I saw some of his speeches with, um, you know, Nick Vale like how he explained why free will is impossible and you know he explained it through law of cause and effect because we know through Newtonian physics that you know with every action there's an equal opposite reaction um, and there's no escaping causality like um, it affects everything yeah um, really that's I think that's the most straightforward explanation of it ever because you know everything has a cause that regresses back to before we were born before we were even conceived and we can't take credit or blame for it so that right there um, is true and even when people try to throw in you know quantum indeterminism and weird stuff like that even if that stuff were true we can't take credit or blame for that either so the point is that we are not fundamentally responsible uh, morally um, for anything good or bad and that's how I like to explain it and see I got into this stuff um, partly because I was researching the Christian notion of free will you know the free will defense to the problem of evil Augustine right yeah yeah you know I found that it fails on every point in every possible way the free will defense for the problem of evil doesn't work because it's the ultimate non-explanation because if you want to you want to know why there's suffering in the world and they're like oh well free will well why uh, you know why is the evil here that I mean it, there's always a reason or a cause for something and it's to say that somebody chose something for no reason and yet still make them make them responsible for it at the same time as saying it's be, beyond causality is just so logically contradictory that it kind of broke me out of that illusion. And I learned about it from George Ortega also as well. You know, I listened to a whole bunch of his show and read his book. So that's kind of how we got into it. Um, well, how did you guys find about how did, how did you guys find George? 
Well, it's kind of interesting. George, he actually commented on one of my YouTube videos years ago. It's a video that I've since deleted because it was so stupid. I was a Christian back then. And I said, well, that God can't know the future because we have free will. And so it's in this realm that God can't know. <laughs> and, it, and it was completely nonsensical. But George commented on that video and told me that, uh, that St. Augustine is that what actually came up with the Christian notion of free will. Um, and so I kind of got into that and was intrigued by it. You know, so that's how I ended up finding George. Actually, you might say he found me. Um, and and then I don't remember how how Jamie said he came across George originally. Yeah, Jamie, what about uh, what about you? Um, well, one day I was watching like um, Sarah Harris's uh, videos on um, free will. This is like I think this was back in August, like uh, 2014, okay. or maybe before that. I can't seem to remember. But um, after I listened to a bit of that, I went to George Ochega's channel because I typed in free will uh, is an illusion or something along them lines. And uh, I, I came across Nick Vale and George um, talking on their Manhattan show, whatever it was called. So. Right. Yeah. Um, actually, let, let's see. I think I got some notification that David Joseph um, just came online. So I probably could add him to our call and he could still join us in this episode. Okay, let's see. I'll try to add him to the call because um, um, this is good. See, what Christians uh, seem to forget, like this this team seems to elude all of them or they, they tend to ignore it or make excuses for it, right? They say that the problem of evil causes suffering, like, um, you know, human. they say that humans choose to do harm to another person out of free will and all this stuff. They ignore the fact that this stuff happens in the animal kingdom as well, like animals getting you know brutally uh, beaten and killed by predators in the wild but they still suffer how do you explain that are, are predators evil then and, and, and my answer to that is no they're acting on instinct it's not their fault well I mean we, we could spend all day <laughs> talking about yeah. all the things that are wrong with uh, theism I yeah. uh, I mean I support you obviously I on your side here but you know but just to get a little back on just to give a little bit of input about my uh because i guess i didn't say anything about george maybe i should say a little bit i so um are you guys familiar with meetup um yeah I kind of know. I, I don't know if it's know. popular in the uk though so. yeah there's not very many good meetups in my area but i know about meetup.com and i know that george runs a meetup right so i uh i used meetup in order to connect with atheists and then I said, wait a second, within this atheist community, there are not that many people who are investigating the notion of free will, and certainly not that many uh, hard determinists or hard incompatibilists, whatever, people who just reject free will. Not many people who identify themselves as people who accept determinism and reject free will. So um, I said, well, why don't I just extend this the use of meetup to uh, to see if there are any people who have figured out this free will thing, and that's how I came across uh, George. Yeah, well, it's cool. And David Joseph, um, I added you to this call. We're actually in the middle of an episode, but we were each sharing our stories of how we came to see free will as an illusion, how we came across the topic, and all that. 
So I've said some stuff, Mitch and Jamie have said some stuff, so maybe you would have something to say related to that, how you came to be part of this whole no free will movement. Uh, well, I'll keep it short and sweet because I'm not sure how long you guys have been on or how long the show's been going on. So um, I'll just say that I was first introduced to the idea through the uh, the Zeitgeist film series. Uh, they basically say about um, how we're all influenced by our environment and um, you know genetic predispositions and, and things of that nature. And so once you go from there, you've got that as like a standard. And then from there, it's it's pretty much you delve into free will through Sam Harris and uh, all his all his lectures that he does and his talks. Um, and that pretty much swayed me. But I mean, basically, it was the, in, the environmental influences that really kind of opened up my eyes to the idea that I'm not in control of what I do. I am being influenced from all areas at all times. And, you know, a lot of this stuff I don't have control over. So how can I have free will? Yeah, and that's a good way of putting it because you know what? Even if we were all identically genetic, you know, we were all the same as far as uh, physically, um, the environments are always different. And that's why what ends up pushing us one way or another. Um, and we, and that's the thing is that, for example, uh, we, can't, we can't blame somebody for being what they are you know, they, they might be a really good or really bad person as far as their actions go, but we understand that they didn't really choose it. It's not like there was some moment in time when they could have chosen a different way. Um, but we can still recognize this and let people know, well, what you're doing is hurting people, and this is not very nice, you know. Um, but one of the interesting things now... Um, and for people who haven't heard episode 81 of our of our free will science religion podcast um it's called the no free will diet and it was actually david joseph who suggested that 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 as kind of our title it was kind of interesting because we were talking about you know fat shaming and how people blame people for being fat they, they blame them for being overweight, they, they blame them for being lazy, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And Jamie Soden knows some about that, don't you? Yeah, because um, on the Katie Hopkins uh, video, um, when she was discussing obesity with these people on this uh, talk show, um, there was these people in the comment section on the video saying that you know, people should stop being lazy and, you know, go lose some weight and stuff, or stop eating fatty foods. But it's more complicated than that because you know a lot of this is going on in, in the um, realm of psychology. You know they they're tricked into thinking that they need this amount of food and all this stuff. You know. Yeah, and people don't know what to eat or what not to eat. And here's another a way of, of putting it, Jamie. You know, people they they can blame the people for eating unhealthy food. They try to do that. But then think about it. Why is this unhealthy food even available? If it's so bad, why is it available? Why does the media um, advertise um, unhealthy foods as aggressively as it does? I mean, McDonald's especially and all these other fast food companies, they keep on pushing this stuff knowing that um, you know greasy food's going to clog up people's arteries and all that stuff, you know? I, I was just going to say, I'd be interested to know, um, is there a lot of fat shaming in... Um the states or is it slightly more acceptable perhaps i don't know 
Well, I would say it's pretty bad in the States, too. Um, but here's, here's what's funny about it, David, is that if you're a man, nobody cares if you're fat. But if you're a fat woman, well, then you're supposedly evil. I've never quite understood the sexism there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually similar in the UK. Apparently, men can get away with being fat and not care too much. Whereas if you're female, then um, it apparently affects you a lot more. Yeah, I, mean, I never. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, please continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, for example, I saw this um, this documentary called Super Size Me, where there was this guy, and he ate nothing but McDonald's for thirty days. He ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner at McDonald's. So at three meals a day mean three times at McDonald's, and during that time, he pretty much ate everything on the menu, and his health got so bad. He nearly killed himself with just what it did to his insides because he was just eating all this greasy junk at McDonald's and he wasn't getting any nutrition. He got really fat and uh, and it was it was just really interesting. I mean, but that just goes to show you, well, uh, there's a lot of people who do live that kind of lifestyle. They are eating fast food all the time. And if it did that to him, that's an indication of what it might be well, to other people. Uh, so yes, so let me chime in here. Um, so we mentioned a lot of, well, we mentioned a few factors that contribute to why people, uh, gain weights, but I think the people who criticize fat people for being fat actually concede that there are factors out of those, out of the control of certain people. So they'll admit, okay, um, it's genetics. You're predisposed to being this way because of your genetics. You're predisposed to being this way because you have a low income, so you are only able to buy these foods that are available, maybe you're depressed, etc., etc. They usually concede to all those factors. The problem where free will comes into play is that they believe that all those factors can be overcome via willpower. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's where... Um, recognizing the deterministic nature of the universe is important. And my response to that would be not necessarily because there are other factors in obesity than just, um, you know, being overweight and then telling someone that they need to, you know, watch their diets or this could happen to them. Um, it's, how can I put this? Sometimes it might be depression that's causing them to, you know, repeat their lifestyle. Yeah. Right, right, right. But but critics, people who people who uh, are very critical of overweight people would say, despite all these factors, mm -hmm. somehow you should be able to use your free will to overcome it. Somehow, despite all these factors, you should be able to push yourself onto the treadmill and stop eating the food that you are addicted to, if you're addicted to it, and overcome. So Real that's where. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. Go, go ahead. No, that was, that was about the, the gist of it. Yeah, I was going to respond to what Mitch was saying there. Yeah, like what Mitch said is true because people will admit there's all these factors outside of people's control, but then these people believe that somehow people have this free will which can override and nullify all that, and that somehow if they just want, if they just willed themselves to, if they just wanted to bad enough, they would just be able to overcome all of that. And what now, certainly doesn't help is all these dumb stereotypes, like David Joseph was mentioning, like you know, people saying that you know overweight women were evil or stuff like that. You know. Yep, yeah, certainly. So, but, and I think that kind of 
argument, uh, the argument that people can will themselves to overcome things, it, it can be dismantled pretty quickly. If you are an overweight person who does not want to be overweight, and you have the ability to invoke free will in order to conquer your addictions, then why wouldn't you? If you could, and you want, if you want to do something, and you can do something, why would you not do it? Exactly, because that's the whole thing. If you could have done otherwise, then why didn't you? Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're addicted to food and you don't want to be addicted to food, just make yourself not addicted to food. You can't because free will is nonsense. And yeah. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Well, yeah, and, and you know, you have to consider, guys, think about it. Um, it's very difficult for people to change habits. Whenever there's a habit, there's a certain way they're used to being, it's actually very difficult for them to change their eating habits. For example, I once saw this um, this this show like on the internet. Like I saw some parts of some show where they had like this diet swap thing, where they had like this one really fat person and this one really skinny person, and they had them swap diets to where they each ate what the other person ate for their meals per day. But both of them, it was so difficult. They could not stand the change of of eating different types of foods, eating different amounts of foods, like they couldn't handle that change and it made them go kind of crazy, you know, being put into that situation because it's not easy for people to change. And I would compare this to a drug addiction because ultimately this comes down to, to the uh, thing that George was talking about, the hedonic, hedonic imperative, excuse me. Um, where people go towards pleasure and avoid pain. And if, it, if they're used to things that give them pleasure, they'll repeat that over and over again. Yeah, because so. yeah, what it really comes down to, guys, when you blame somebody for being addicted to a certain food, for example, it's sort of like blaming them for being addicted to alcohol or cigarettes or something Not like that. Not sort of. It exactly is. Yeah. Yeah, and what's interesting about it is that what you'll notice, guys, and this is what I find strange, people tend to place a more, like a greater moral weight, like on alcohol, than they do um, cigarettes, for example. And they tend to place both of those things on a higher moral weight than, you know, eating unhealthy food. When in, when in reality, I'm not concerned with over which is worse or not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not concerned which, which is better or worse to be addicted to one thing or another. The point is that it's the same kind of situation. That this person, they've been caused to be introduced to this type of thing that they're using. Um, and they give them pleasure, and like Jamie said. So they keep, um, they keep doing it. And... It's, it's interesting because we're not blaming them, but we can recognize that there's still great harm that can come if they're addicted to something that's bad for their health or that of those around them. Yes, we can still help them. That's, that's, that's the point. So if, if someone is overweight and they are not succeeding in losing weight, it makes no sense to blame them. Most people will concede, as we talked about earlier, the factors that they cannot control. And if you have investigated the issue of free will and have come to the conclusion that it doesn't make any sense, it's illusion, it's incoherent, then you will be especially uh, sympathetic because you'll realize they can't will themselves to overcome what needs to be overcome. But you can still help them. You can 
you can have an effect on them, an influence on them that can make it easier for them to become someone else. Make it easier for that person who currently cannot overcome his or her weight problems to transform into a person who can. Yeah, and what's interesting is that even though change is often slow, um, we're not saying that change is impossible, you know. Um, it's just that people, it takes, sometimes people just need greater self-esteem. They need to know that there's somebody out there who cares about them and their well-being and who's willing to help them um, but not blame them. Because once you start blaming people, then you turn into a jerk and they stay away from you. Yeah, I think uh don't like bigots that much even now that i don't believe in free will i tend to not relate to i tend to say nasty things about bigots sometimes because um some of the stuff that come out with is really annoying you know during um some of the conversations that i've had with uh with people who are basically fat shaming on websites like youtube it comes down to a, to a certain point where they're confusing free will with willpower i don't know if any of you guys have experienced that at all well, it's kind of weird because, like, and I actually, I've talked with George about this before, and it's kind of interesting because willpower is not necessarily the same thing as free will, although I think it does get confused because people act like you can just use your free will to have the willpower to make one desire nullify another desire. So people try to use willpower as some kind of a gateway to try to prove free will or something weird like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Yes. So, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, actually, uh, we had a, I had a conversation with George uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, the meetup group that I spoke of earlier, it had a meeting. Uh, we had a meeting yesterday. And this actually came up. Um, so yeah, what? So what's the difference? What is willpower? Well, we could say that uh, some people need more pleasure than other people. Some people are not satisfied as much as other people are due to all the influences that make them who they are, their brain, blah, blah, blah. So let's say you don't have a lot of willpower, meaning you are not a person who uh, it's, 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 it's difficult for you to not have what you want. Can you will yourself to have more willpower? Does that make sense? Can you will yourself to have more willpower? <laughs> if you could will yourself to have more willpower, that's a direct contradiction because where would it come from? The willpower is the source of the will. That's why we call it willpower. So you can't right. will yourself... You have a case of cause a sui there. You have something yes. in the cause of itself. Exactly. Because if you could choose to not want what you want, what you want, um, well, then you, that means you have to want to not want what you want, which means you don't really want it. <laughs> right. So, so you, you have to be influenced to have the willpower to begin with. So, right. It, it's kind of it's kind of like pushing the question back. Uh, a step further, you know, to to another cause or another reason, without actually answering the question of, um, you know, where do, where does the free will come from? A absolutely. Yeah, and because it, causes causes just regress infinitely. Yep. It's very difficult for them to just push it back one step. 
it's, oh, they, they do try. Every conversation I've had is, um, is them <laughs> pushing it back again and again and again. I mean, they seem to have so much hate for, um, for anyone that can't do something that they can do comfortably. It's, uh, it's quite strange. Well, yeah. Have you ever heard people do this thing? Well, if I can do it, they can. Exactly, exactly that. And you know what's interesting? For example, um, Jamie Soda mentioned Katie Hopkins. Well, from what I saw, she actually did some kind of a thing where she tried to gain a whole bunch of weight and then lose it just to prove that everybody could do it. (laughs) She did. She did. And she did it as well, I believe. I think she put on something like, um, I don't know, something like three or four stone, which I think is about. 60 pounds, sound like 50 pounds in the in US talk, That's and then she lost it again. Yeah, she she did do really good, but again, it wasn't her free will, was it? It was it was her influences in her life that allowed her to put the weight on and then take it off. So she didn't really prove anything. Right, and because no, she just proved she just didn't want to lose the bet because otherwise, if she lost the bet, then she would be humiliated. So. And, you know, another guy, thing, guys, is that not everybody has the same genetics as her and not everybody has the same lifestyle or perhaps the same financial resources as her, you know. And so it's not like many other people could actually try to do the exact same experiment as her and get the same results because of the fact that we're all different. So in that sense, she hasn't proven anything at all, you know. All she has done is verify that she could do it one time when motivated and under public scrutiny well yeah all she's done (laughs) right it's not it's not the same situation as all the rest of us in our daily lives you know i mean you, you might you might say that um people who are under public scrutiny well they do things that most of the rest of us would never do for example have you ever heard of like you know actors or actresses where they will intentionally gain a whole bunch of weight for a certain role and then lose a whole bunch of weight for another role? And Certainly. Like, and I'm like, this is really dangerous to to met, play with your health like this. You know what I mean? And intentionally try to change your body just for the sake of appearing in a certain movie. But then again, what's the power of money? You know, it's power to motivate people. They want the money for being in these in these shows. And so they'll do anything, even that they're so highly motivated that I would say that that's where what causes them to have that willpower is the promise of money they'll get for doing it. Additionally, uh, a common theme, a common trend we see is uh, with female celebrities, they get pregnant, gain a lot of weight because that's natural when you get pregnant. But because uh, their public image requires them to be attractive and thin, because they're incredibly motivated by money, amongst other things. They have special trainers and special diets and all kinds of people to help them. And they lose their weight, their, uh, the weight from their pregnancy very quickly. Beyonce and Kim Kardashian and all these people. That's not realistic. That's not normal. It's, they're obviously directly influenced by the motivations that they have to lose weight. And the people around them who are helping them to lose weight. Yeah, so they have access to greater resources that the rest of the public doesn't even have, for one thing, like you're saying. Um, 
And it's also a very interesting paradox. I mean, what greater paradox is that this bizarre idea that women to be accepted have to be skinny while at the same time they get pregnant, which is kind of contrary to that, you know what I mean? It's just like biology and, and the psychology of humans are always in conflict, man. It makes no sense. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, we're a little past 29 minutes. Is there anything anybody else wanted to say before we close this episode? Uh, I just wanted to say that there was a response film to... Um to supersize me and it's called fathead and it's about this guy who ate mcdonald's um for, i think it was for a couple of months and he actually lost weight and his cholesterol went down i know i, I know i know it's, it's crazy now that sounds very interesting david i might want to google that so thanks for mentioning that because anyone who listens to that will be able to look up that too i highly recommend people watch supersize me and then whatever that fathead thing is that um, David Joseph just mentioned because this is interesting. I think that's a good way to learn about these these topics is watch videos and what people have done and what worked and what didn't. It's very interesting. So I guess with that I'm probably going to close this episode because uh, we're past 30 minutes. You've been listening to Free Will Science and Religion with Chandler Klebs, Mitch J, Jamie Soden, and David Joseph, and we've talked about how we came to understand that free will doesn't exist, and how we can't blame people for being fat, and how willpower and free will are not the same thing, and, and all that good stuff. So, this is the end of this one. Bye. <laughs>